is now being recorded. Welcome to the V2V podcast with Aurelius episode 23. I'm here today with a number of people. We've got uh, Slum Lotus, uh, Cocoon is on the line, uh, my man Dante, who I think I know, and what you just heard was the intro to Slum Lotus's new album, um, that powerful spoken word piece. Slum Lotus. Thanks, everybody, for uh, being on the show today. What's up? What up? But my homeboy Slum Lotus. That's my that's my real OG right there. One of my best that's friends right. in the world. So he's got a new record out. That, what's, up, what's up with that? When he can take a bullet for myself. Yeah, what's up with that shit, man? I don't. You don't even send me no demos. Nothing good. <laughs> nothing steal. No beats I can steal. No lyrics I can steal and slap it on my shit. Just say it's mine. Hey, 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 hey. So uh, it's called Rude Awakening. <laughs> Yeah. Which is kind of a play on words, kind of like rude awakening. And uh, I, I kind of decided a while ago because my name is Slum Lotus. All my all my fucking album names need to be like plant themed. So that was the plan words I came up with for this one. And I right, let me uh, make sure we're clear with that. It's root R O O T, root awakening, yes, as opposed to rude awakening. Regardless how rude you might be. Uh, and kind of the reason I named it that is because, uh, I kind of wrote this album out of nowhere. And I've been talking for like 10 years about how, like, I'm going to make an album that's going to be fucking sick. And so anyway, I, last time I spoke to you, we were talking about Dirty Kids. And that's that's still ongoing. And, uh, I left California and I made my way all the way out to Louisville for that show that I talked to you about. And a bunch of shit went down, just like I told you it would. And I documented a lot of it. Uh, A kid fucking overdosed on fentanyl at the show. A headliner did. Yeah, dude, how fucked up is that? And uh, so I didn't get to play (laughs) because they fucked up the whole lineup. And uh, it was just really fucked up, man. This kid, G-Space was, uh, he did ketamine, and in Louisville, I guess the ketamine has fentanyl in it. They, wow. they don't got it like they got it in, ca- <laughs> in Galley, bro. <laughs> and, uh... It's in everything. It's in everything these days. Yep. And so, I didn't get to play. I got super fucking pissed. And, uh, anyway, through... Remember I told you I had, like, dirty kid drama with fucking, like, some kid threatening me and stupid shit like that? Well, anyway, that, like, turned on, turned into, like, a really blown-up situation, and uh, I ended up meeting some train corps kids, right? Yeah. And yeah. so then I fucking traveled with these train corps kids, and then I started dating this train corps chick who's, like, a legend on the rails. I'm not going to say who she is on here, but people who know, sure. know. Okay. <laughs> and so anyway, so then me and her meet up in Kentucky, Right? And then we go all the way to, like, Indiana, and then we go all the way home to Chicago. I go visit my mom, and then we go back to Kentucky, right? And then we were going to go to, like, Nashville after that. And anyway, one day I'm hanging out under a bridge, and fucking this kid super fucking pissed me off, man. This other dirty kid being all fucking thirsty (laughs) and shit. 
And uh, anyway, he stepped on my toes with all my girl, and I got fucking pissed, dude. And I threw him in the Ohio River. Right? Nice. <laughs> that was the rude awakening. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. so after that, me and her got a big ass fight because he was wearing her backpack, right? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking dirty kid drama. And so anyway, I ended up making my way back to Chicago, and then like I ended up back in Chicago, really sad, really fucking pissed, and. I guess uh, I had a lot of shit to say, so I put it in the song. So, like, half of these songs I wrote, like, when I got home, and then half of them I wrote, like, over the course of the past 10 years. And so, like, the right. oldest song of the album I wrote when Travis was in Venice with me. That's why I wanted to have him on the show today. For sure. And, and I wanted to talk to him anyway uh, about his yeah. adventures, too. It's amazing how those kind of life events that – because I remember how pissed off you were and how – many faces you wanted to punch when that thing didn't go down right and that at that DJ game. Oh, dude, I was pissed, and, man. Oh I was God, threatening you were going to blow up the whole world. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's amazing how creativity works in that sense that, you know, we go through these uh, struggles and circumstances that seem like insurmountable and crazy and just like off the charts bad and then something something roots in that you know something positive takes seed and and you get you get what you produce and i i i've heard uh a number of the tracks and uh it reminds me of a lot of uh like acoustic sublime in a lot of ways it's like pretty high compliment but you know what i mean like it's just very that i can see that powerful good stuff yeah, it's, yeah. it's soulful i'm gonna, I'm gonna sprinkle some of the i'm gonna sprinkle some of the uh little clips of your music throughout this episode too so people can get kind of a taste for what you're putting out there um not you know i'm not gonna i mean you're up you're up on soundcloud anyway but uh yep in this in this format i just want to throw a few little uh, teasers out there so people can go and, and then check out the whole thing on, on your By phone. all means, man. Dude, one, one of the things I'm really proud of, man, is that the first track, the slam poem, I love after the slam poem how it just like fucking just goes straight into that Beatles tribute. It's just nice. like, boom, Beatles, like hits you with the nostalgia, just like on the first note of the album. That's right, because that's what they were talking about, you know? They were talking about Revolution 2. Yep. You know, in a, in a big way. And it's nice yep. to it's nice to retain that that spirit um, of uh, defiance, you know, in the face of these enormous uh, struggles that uh, we appear to be facing these days in our culture. So, yeah, it's it's very good stuff. Yep, dude, that fucking, that first track, it's, uh, it's called Elevated, and the second verse of that song, I wrote when I was on acid on Moonstone Beach back in California at, uh, at a silent disco that my friends were DJing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, those cool. are, those are badass. It was really cool, man. They had, like, these big rock formations there, and they're doing projection mapping on the rocks and shit, and I was pretty much just sitting there with my phone, like, writing that song. And then the other verse, the first verse of that song is from a battle 
songs that I wrote a long time ago. And then that chorus, that like, Dear Judas, would you come out to play Dear Judas? I'm going to fuck up your face. Yeah. That's all actually a personal diss at this fucking kid who tried to put a hit on me, this fucking dirty kid with this dirty kid drama. Fucking, Is that Bad Wax? <laughs> yeah, that's... No, no, on the song Elevated, the first track oh, of the album, it's a very subtle diss. That's why, that's why it says Dear Judas, is because this kid was my friend, and uh-huh. he started abusing his girlfriend, and I helped his girlfriend get away from him. Like, he, like, stole her car and fucking, like, all sorts of fucked up shit. And, right. uh, so anyway, I helped get her away from him, and then he hit up some other people and tried to, like, put a hit out on me. And that was the word that I got back about that. And I'm like, the fuck is this shit, you know? I didn't do nothing to fucking deserve nothing like that. So that song is a fucking diss song at that fucking shitbag. And that's why the fucking, the chorus goes, I'm elevated, elevated, uh, like a Pegasus in an elevator. It's saying, like, I'm above killing this guy. Like, fuck this fucking asshole, you know? And then that's why the next verse goes into, we are the healers, we are the shamans, we are the kids who handle the problems. Some of us rose to the prophets, don't get stopped with the bad, but that's all to the prophets. All of that shit is all about how, like, I could go back to the first verse and fucking annihilate you, but fuck you, man. I'm on some better shit, on some more epic shit, (laughs) you know? Right, right. That's That's like Cocoon going back to L.A. What's up, man? Cocoon. Right. Speak up, brother. You're on the you're on the you're on the line, man. Now I think he's having phone difficulties. He was oh, saying, he uh, can you hear me now, oh. can you hear me now? Hey, there, there he is. Hey, All right. Cocoon, okay. I try like... I try to use the blue Is he you there? Uh, are we having are are we having like technical difficulties with uh with our I, I think you. I think we're good. Can I can hear you? Can, can you hear me hear now? You clearly now. Yes. Okay. Yes, cool. So we got it fixed. I was trying to use the Bluetooth thing, it. but it didn't work. I guess. Don't do that. Don't ever go Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was saying like, I was talking about you. Just mentioned to you about uh, how your uh, quote. No, I can hear you guys fine. I can. L.A. So yeah. Oh like, yeah. Well, LA I mean. Here. I, okay, well, here's here's the officiality of that one. I don't want to go back to LA and have to make it from the streets there. I'll go back to LA if there's opportunity there and I've got money in my pocket. I get a place to do those kinds of things, you know. Sure. But right now, I want to get my feet going somewhere else. Like like Boulder's been super beautiful. It's it's so much softer and kinder and gentle, and I feel like I'm kind of healing up from the intensity of the of the city. For me, it was uh, an amazing roller coaster, you know. It was so much going on last decade that I think I just need a little bit of time to really process everything. Right. Um, so I, I, mean, I, I know that yeah, you definitely need, I know that we uh, we spoke sure. a little bit about like tracking your progress when you left and uh, with uh-huh. your updates, and we were like discussing kind of like where you were and what you were going through, and we were like worried and then happy yeah. and then concerned and then like and then like relieved. Well, it's been. I mean. Well, my, one of my greatest observations, one of my greatest observations, which, you know, is also, it's sad, it's sad as it is beautiful to find some direction, but I think we need to have a revolution of, like, nature and get away from the cell phones, man. I see a big difference in traveling now, and I, I can honestly say most of the contention that you saw and a lot of the, the battle I go through on the road is that it's so much of that, like, 
disappointment from seeing how our culture is changing and how it used right. to be. It used to be way more interactive. People used to talk to each other face to face, and so now everyone's in the phone so much. You see a big, a big difference in social interactiveness. You know. And if so you are socially yeah. interactive, people either think you're a freak or they think you're amazing. There's like hardly an image. Oh, yeah. People are just always well, surprised. That's, that's, They're like, what? You're yeah, actually I mean, you're talking yeah. to me? What? Well, that's no, the beauty no, of it. It's still... it's still. How have you found that it was, it's, it's been like that, it's like specifically has been different for you out in uh, Boulder, Colorado? Well, first, well, 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 it, it is true. The, the the beauty of it, there's still good people around, and you you can still go anywhere and meet people and stuff. It's just you know, it's one out of ten, one out of twenty. You know, it's just that one person sometimes in that situation. But a good example, like here in Boulder, when I came here 20 years ago, there was this place called Penny Lane. It was an awesome coffee shop. You could go there, put your pack down, and some local would be like, "Wow, where are you going? Where are you headed?" They buy coffee for you, and then they might invite you over for a shower, or you know, and you find friends. You like you start you start clicking in real quick. Right. And and back in the day. This process was like that. That's what I sort of wanted and expected. I figured I'd go out in the world, meet people face-to-face. You know, when you look at each other's eyes, you can connect. And then opportunities would come to stay places and, and more opportunities. But there's a much bigger divide now between the houses and the outside people. For well, sure. you got to understand, there's a, there yeah. is a thing called everyone likes to stab themselves. And uh, <laughs> people who don't do that... You know, they're petrified. And, you know, I didn't start doing that to myself till I was 30. And right. before, before I did that, you know, I had my friend sim over. You know, I would let him and his girlfriend stay over. Yeah. He got paid me rent. Do you think, you like, know, we could we could attribute, like, the fucking the drug crisis, the opioid crisis, and things like that all to yes. like, people just basically yes. just cheating people that are different just as they're vastly different. You know, like, like, oh, you're homeless. You must be on, you must be a junkie. Just automatically. It's more than, yeah, more than that. Yeah, I it's see a, that. I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear about, oh, it's the cell phones and it's the junkies. No. You know, oh, white people are so racist. No, everyone is racist. <laughs> no, one, no one knows how to speak to each other. No one knows what they're standing on. No one knows what's above them. Well, dude, or people have become them. timid. People have become no, so no, timid. In the world. Is not only are they so ignorant, but they're so weak. If they no. knew that these are talking to each other, stop being such. Uh, why? Like, why don't? Why can't we? See, like, why isn't there a way for all of us to get along? Why isn't there a way for us to communicate with each other? Like, why don't? Well, there is. I, there is, and it's natural. I don't. But it's what's going on in this world is not right. Why? It's not. It's not. Why do they not now, see it? Do you I, think that that's how, a conscious does, choice? Like, do you think that's, that's a conscious care. choice that people are willfully here? Should not be a fucking president in this world. How how does this happen? He should be in peace. He should be shot. He should, someone should have killed him, and someone should have gotten a reward. <laughs> what well, the fuck is going on? That may world? that may be true, but that wouldn't necessarily change anything, though. You know, I mean, we need to all come together all at once, all of us, and go right. see who's running. Okay, yeah, they might Yeah, but that shit ain't going to happen. See, what, 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 what we can do is slowly, slowly change people's perspectives. You know, there's not, there's not going to be any come together at once. Dude, we're fucking humans, and humans are savages. And this shit ain't going to change. There's always going to be one guy who's willing to to be the crazy guy and stand up. But what's really, really difficult 
is for the number two and number three guys to stand up with that first crazy guy. Like, that's the challenge. Right, like, yeah. Because see, to, to me, once to that me, happens, it, once two and three no join, change, then it becomes much easier for everyone else to kind of go along with whatever is going on, good or bad. Like, And, and that's kind of what's it's, happened. Like a, a crazy person has stood up and then somehow a bunch of followers followed and – did you see the anonymous New York Post op-ed that just came out? Sure. No. You did? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's pure cowardice, is what that is. is. It? I uh, I was just reading an article that was saying that BBC ran it through an artificial intelligence thing that can detect, you know, like who wrote it based right. on like whose whose uh, articles they've let it analyze and whatever and uh their their artificial intelligence determined that Mike Pence must have written it. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good guess. Dun, dun, dun. Well, and, and and why wouldn't why wouldn't he? Because so, if he can undermine the whole administration that puts him in power and he can't he can't say that outright, but he can he can poke at the at the bear so to speak and and have all this intrigue happen, but ultimately just it's just uh fear and cowardice that, that drives that kind of thing. It it's kind of uh pointless or it it was used as a distraction to turn people away from the real issues that are going on so we all focus on that. Like, yeah, really okay, so what are the, okay, so what are the real issues then? I I wanna hear I wanna hear what the real issues are. Uh, well, this is, this is our air. It's our water. It's the poisoned food. Yeah, it's the basic necessities of our life. Sure. And it's our it's our cultural decay and the evidence that social media does create mental illness. That we do need to be regulating this technology. Social media, technology. No, I'm not. We can't blame this on technology. If anything, technology should help and get together. It should be, but I'm telling you, it's designed this way. And if and if you. If you read the articles, the people who made these technologies didn't use them like this. Like uh, Steve Jobs' kids, he didn't let them have iPads and iPhones. We're not supposed to be using this like we are. Maybe regulated throughout the day, we have to have some sort of self-discipline with it. It, it is. Okay. It's a neutral. It's a neutral tool, and it should be helping us, but it's not. And there's all kinds of studies. I mean, the fact that that this is even kind of a debate is funny to me because it is obviously decaying our society, and we have to sort of like learn how to use it. I don't I don't know how you're going to blame being able to talk on a phone to Trump. Because I'm saying this, when you when you spend so much time on your news feed and you think about this one thing you see for four seconds and this next thing you see for seven seconds and this next thing you see for 15 seconds, it trains your mind to have a short attention span, shorter than a goldfish. I'm talking about our news feeds. I'm talking, yeah, our news feeds on all of our social media you no, think about like, I can second. remember like in, like interacting with people as like a younger person in the nineties, right? And yeah. like people did have fucking longer attention spans back then. People would tell each other stories and shit. Now you'll be talking to someone in mid sentence, they'll just stop fucking paying attention to you and whip out their phone. Right, because so especially as a musician and you try to show people like lyrical music and then they just fucking tune out after like thirty seconds. You're just right. like, God damn exactly what's going on. If you're looking at your Facebook feed and you're scrolling, there's a funny cat picture. Someone got married. Someone died. Yeah. Uh, 
there's a fire. And, and you only spend all, a few seconds on each subject. Equivalent. They're all they're all equally as important as the next one, but that's not really true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know like, what? I'll, I'll, the funny let cat picture doesn't let me say something real quick. But in the in the world Can of I, the internet, let me it's all the same. Quick. Okay, you been oh oh y'all been to Venice before, right? Right? Yeah. We all, We've all been to Venice, really. Okay, so let me let me just finish this. <laughs> all been to Venice. Now, have y'all? Now, I'll, I'll be honest. Crystal meth did not bind with my chemistry. I can do coke. Don't like it, but you know my shit is downers. All right, I'm gonna say half of, if not almost half of everyone in Venice that does that freaking glass shit. Half of them start talking to themselves, screaming at gods, you know, finding portals. You know, okay, so you're going to tell me that being on Facebook, no, it's because <laughs> you're either ignorant and you're going to fall into some addiction, regardless of what it is, sex, cheeseburgers, <clears throat> cell phones, or you're fucking not. And you're on the line with us right now. Yeah, I see your point. And you have, for some reason, you can put any chemical in your brain all at once and still remember who you are. And well, I think we live in it. I think we live in a society that's more enabling of addictions than ever before. You know, like you could that's buy cocaine saying, from right. a doctor in the in the 1800s, but now you could get it from a dealer even more easily. You know, the and, the and on top of that, there's a million other ways now to fill your addiction, be it shopping, be it whatever. And I'm not saying that it wasn't always that way, but now it's almost like intensified with technology and things like that. More, more. You know, and so people uh, get lost in it, and especially people who are like broken, people who work. People, like I'm talking about yuppies, man. Like people like that, they fucking, they work, they come home, they watch their programs. I call it programming for a reason. And then they go to bed and then they wake up early and they go back to work and they fucking do that day in and day out. And by the time they come home, they're so fucking tired. All they want to do is fucking make a quick meal and watch fucking American Idol, you know? And like, I can't blame them. I can't blame people like that for doing what they think is right, you know, but, but they're basic. I hate cutting you off, dude. I hate cutting you off, dude. But what I'm saying Cut him off. Cut them off. As upset as I am with these people, I don't blame them because they don't understand. They never had to do what we've done. Like, yo, when I went out to L.A., before I met you, I was out there for at least a year before, almost a year before we met. I was, mm -hmm. That was the first time i ever been there. Almost got killed by Shoreline trying to run me out. They think I want your little crackers. No, I was trying to get away from mine. Like, <laughs> you know? stuck out there for another year but right. what i'm saying what, what i'm saying is that the dopamine that's released from our notifications is the same thing that happens with drugs when when we take a drug the dopamines are released it's a drug social media is a drug and if you're fighting addiction in real life and you get on facebook and it you know makes you fuck you know fucking feel insecure like facebook can do and depressed and stuff like that that's going to you know aid in the temptation to do drugs and things like this, because it in, in itself is addictive, designed to be addictive, and it's very, very little difference between it and actual drugs. It's a drug. We're all a bunch of junkies in our culture, and we're escapists because we, you know, we work hard for our money. We're, we're scared about our money, and we just want to go zone out and enjoy ourselves a little bit after work. And this has created an escapist culture, and we're watching the world decay around us 
feeling disempowered when the whole trip is understanding how much power each one of us has. We influence each other. There is no neutrality. Because people are sitting on the fence and not doing anything, they're affecting those of us who are trying to do something. Because no one person or a few of us can't change anything. It takes the group. But the group don't think that they're that they're significant. So we have to awaken the significance within the individuals within the group because any one of us could literally change the world. Travis, that's what I was talking to you about. Like, it's, it's about this cultivated alienation, like uh, that these pl- platforms are designed to separate people and certainly not bring them together. Completely. So what you were talking about is yes. about that uh, direct communication between people is more important now than ever because that in yes. itself can can break these these alienation cycles that people go through whether it's yes drugs uh social yeah. networks for, uh yeah for boxes, example i just reposted all of that stuff for example i just i just posted this article today where this woman she she pays uh, 80 bucks an hour to cuddle with a guy for an hour. She's married, but she only sees her husband a little bit out of the month, a few days out of the month. And I'm seeing this more and more. People are craving attention, affection, physical Wait, contact. To do what? Cuddle? Right, right. But, it, but it's all Yeah, right just there, cuddle. Like, just cuddle because just people are dying of affection. Right. What? How much was he paying? A, she was she, the lady, the wife paid $80 an hour to have some stranger, some guy who's just will cuddle with you for an hour for $80. Dante sitting over here like, I'll cuddle with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, sex, sex is double that price, though. Yeah, I mean, he, he knows what happened with that, but my point is that, that I'm seeing that all level. Right. Like, literally as I'm, like, literally as I'm posting this today, I'm watching the line in the coffee shop as of a little girl, like, try to get her mom's attention and the mom's like lost on the cell phone and it is true man little kids they grow fast man i'm a parent and it was true man like there was times when my little daughter was just that age just for a minute you know and it makes me so sad to see how many parents are caught up in their cell phones when their little kids are trying to get their attention. you know what shocks me man is how many little kids are caught up in their parents cell phones dude like oh, i got a friend yeah, who's yeah, got a kid yeah. And all the time, I'll be hitting my friend up on Facebook, and then she'll hit me up like two hours later and be like, oh, sorry, I didn't see your messages. My kid was watching YouTube on my phone. And I'm like, what does a fucking five-year-old need to be watching YouTube for? You know, like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Why, why, yeah. Does, why, why does my kid, I mean, I, but at the same time, you know, I wish I was more computer savvy. I, I mean, I don't know. Can it, I, I don't, I, I do see what you're saying. It it's a balance. I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, obviously I'm doing this podcast with you all, with you all right now. I mean, I think that it could be used for right. positivity. That's why I still stay on social media. I, I feel like we share information. I receive information from it that is beneficial to the solutions of the world. But I'm saying there's a balance in there. There's a, like, I've developed, like, times. Like, I'm not just always on my phone. Like, I, I, there's a time during the day when I call people back. There's, I'm, I'm creating more space where I'm just not accessing my phone all the time because it's interrupting my 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 flow, my art, man. I'm trying to do I've, a painting, and I'm like checking Facebook, you know. I've noticed that. Travis, okay. About, about How about you. this? And, and I think that's probably a really good does thing. Anybody, you, you does post, anybody yeah. know hacker? Much less. Does anybody know a hacker who can hit every TV or every phone? Like these people need a voice. They need a voice that's gonna come to them. Anything you do that involves any sort of hacking is just gonna get written off as terrorism, dude. Uh, oh, yeah, I, mean, I guess you're right. You, 
we, see, see, I think see, right. Well, because that's only tearing down the old. See, see, because that's only tearing down the old. If you're saying something that's the Lord, saying the Lord's word, you know. Right. Bro, can you imagine how much it would terrify people if, if all at once everybody's cell phones and TVs just went bloop, and then a message came out about like, "Hey, the world is fucked up. Send it in. We're the good ones. Fucking join us." Like D from like D from Medetta. Listen, For sure, we all need. For some reason, dude, God didn't put us all on the phone for no reason. All right. Oh God, dude, yeah, put put a put a fucking put a put a fucking uh put us on the watch right, list right. right now while you're at it, Dante. <laughs> yeah, so love it. I know, right? Well, how about this, fellas? How about this, fellas? How about this? Here's what I'm trying to say. I think that we need to create an infrastructure for people to go to. It's, it's not just about tearing down the old system, and and I am you know into criticizing the system and like understanding why we need to leave it. But I think the the biggest importance is to create a place for people to go. We have to create a uh, totally, you know, community. I totally agree with that. We have, we have to create an, infra, an infrastructure and concepts for people to get into that's constructive and that's basically creating a new the new. So this is actually otherwise. So, so you're wait, like physically go? Place. Like, you mean like all of it, go? all of it, physically, physically, like community. Um, you know. Uh, you know, places yeah. go physically. I, I'm talking intellectually. I'm talking new concepts. I'm talking not I, I, just tearing oh, yeah. down the system. We got to create a place for them to go. Our own live show, our own side show. Can I, can I say something? Can I can I chime in here? Please. Yeah. Okay. So what you're saying is kind of goes in line with uh, what I experienced at the Oregon Eclipse last summer. It was they expected like forty thousand people, and a hundred and forty thousand people showed up at that place, right? And it was this big-ass property with a big-ass lake. All the people fit there, and all the people lived in, like, perfect fucking harmony there, dude. It was beautiful. Anyway, when I was there, I did a shitload of drugs. And I <laughs> will never forget walking around the Oregon Eclipse, fucking totally tripped out, and just, like, thinking to myself, like, this is what, like, heaven on earth would be like. Like, this is what, like, a, a fucking utopian society would be like. And when I was there... It made me feel like something like that in our future is actually possible, right? And so that's why I fucking moved out of my house and went back to the road and went back to Venice Beach and met fucking Dante and reconnected with Travis and then I eventually right. hit the road and da 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 da. Anyway, something that me and Marcus have talked about in the past is my show Dirty Kids and a big goal of mine with that and with my music is I'm trying to start a nonprofit that where we would get a fucking warehouse space in a city. Right now I'm actually looking at warehouses in Chicago. And what I want to do is get a warehouse space, turn it into like the ultimate fucking dirty kid bat cave squat, you know, make it a place where we can make music and art and whatever. And anyone who's a fucking cool, chill person can come by and fucking have a place to shower and chill. And then we want to grow it from that. Let me finish. Then we want to grow it from that to launch a Kickstarter where we would be manufacturing tents, backpacks, sleeping bags, life straws, water filtration, like all of that shit, all the basic essential shit that you should have for backpacking. And anyone who's a dirty kid can mail into us a letter of why they need gear. And for every one that we sell, I've got this shit already like planned out. Like for every one that we produce and sell, we can afford to give two away and still profit. 
if they'll profit a lot, so they'll be like doubling our money. That's how much these fucking companies like North Face and shit are ripping us off. They're like getting like 50 times what they spend on producing their shit is what they're charging us. You know? Right. And so by doing this the way that I want to do it, what we would then do is take this fucking warehouse space and it would become a sorting facility where we would be getting in shipments of backpacks and gear and whatever. And then I'd have dirty kids that I'd hire. I'd pay them hourly to be packing up these backpacks and then shipping them out to kids who need them, you know? And so what my, my point of saying this though, is what Travis was just talking about how like we need infrastructure. We need a place for people to go. We need these things. What I'm trying to do with my own life is to, in my own small way, to build something that's like that, specifically for dirty kids, because those are who I really empathize with a lot, because I am one. And I want to show people that that is something that's that's true, that that's a message that's right, that we do need to fucking, like, come together and help each other, and we do need to fucking stick our necks out for each other and fucking allocate resources to publicly helping one another. You know, because I think people are too greedy, you know, and well, I, if I were yeah, to make it, make, yeah, make I it agree. big at all, that's all where my money wants all. to go, man. It's the fucking giving it back, you know, and helping. I think we're all doing that, you know, in, in, in our own way, like with, with what I'm doing with the, uh, with the show and, and Travis and his like freedom ride, you know, and to not put it like uh-huh. in easy terms, like. Get the hell out! Travis, of how many miles have you ridden? New life. Yeah, I want to hear about. I want to hear about your ride. Well, I mean, I the first leg was 500 miles in exactly a month, and then I caught a ride from Flagstaff uh, to tell you ride where the Bluegrass Festival was, and so at the, about at the halfway point, I started getting rides. So I've done probably 700, 800 miles of the 1,200 miles that I'm that I've uh, gone across the country. But it's you're been, proving that it can be done. I mean, that's the coolest part, like that you're. Oh yeah, I mean, and, you know, and it really was mind blowing. I, I sold some art along the way. People just, right. um, you know, they see what I'm doing, they just come up and hand you money. You know, I mean, it's really miraculous at times. You know. Yeah, and now you have uh, a whole new life and way of living that you're manifesting with uh, with your art, which is amazing. By the way, I'm going to put up some of your artwork. Uh, on the uh, on the video, so oh, people that, can actually see be, it and, and be, awesome. be able to contact yeah, you about yeah, it. I appreciate that. Because um, yeah, I that's really, great. Thank you about I that. Yeah. See, I can see the difference in your artwork from when you yeah. were here. Like it's very clear. Oh, like, it there's yeah. something different now. It's cool. I think your artwork right. is more inspired now. Well, it's, yeah. it's really it's really been a, a beautiful process because I'm starting to understand that the art that's selling is the art that you know, I is my own style, and I've been working on it for so long, and I didn't think it was ever going to do anything, but I decided as an artist. See, I think all artists go through a great dilemma, and that is to either make art that's going to sell, which is the equivalent of being a painter who make, like paints signs for a living, you know, and right. and you could be a graphic artist. And, and there's nothing wrong with that per se, but I think that, that, that we all have some sort of message that we want to say or some sort of art that's in us that's unique. And a lot of us who explore that, it's not as marketable. People don't get it until you die a lot. So I haven't been focused on my art my whole adult life because I never thought that my art was going to sell. Uh, what I'm going through this summer is realizing people like my actual original ideas, which is the surrender, 
you know, the guy in postulation, and the other one, which is, uh, which is what is an artist, which is the one of uh, a guy ripping out his heart and giving it to you. And those two series, people have been liking all across the country, and it's really kind of building my confidence because I've been a very insecure artist. Right, and then you, have you, you know what, man? I can totally relate to that. Just in my new album, dude, Rude Awakening is about exactly that, man. Like, I started in acoustic music. That's when you met me, Travis. And then yeah, I, remember. I switched to hip-hop and electronic music, which I love, and it will always be my passion, you know? But part of why I switched to electronic music is it made it so that I could play to bigger crowds, you know? And yeah. now the market is so saturated with electronic music, it's really hard to break through. And so now I dropped this acoustic album and everybody's listening to me again because people actually like that original shit that is actually my original shit, you know? Yeah, and I think that's part of the revolution because I think the revolution is going analog again. I think we're going to get past this electronic. But don't get me wrong, I love editing, you know, I love video editing, but there's something about the paint on your skin and the touch of clay and, like, this visceral, like, real-life art and connection, and I see that's what the revolution is about now. It's about reclaiming our humanity, uh, you know, going back to nature, you know, kind of thing. That's, that's really interesting because we started off talking about uh, the, the dangers of uh, social media, electronics, or screens, and, and what I'm doing as well is going back to um, the quote-unquote real music, my acoustic stuff again, and um, I think that's where it's at. Like, we're all doing these little little things that um, are creating ripples out in the world that are subtly and sometimes not so subtly changing people's minds. Like, I'm, I'm dealing a lot with, um, in my work right now, the interviewing people who've been through the, uh, the troubled teen industry, like uh, institutionalized abuse of kids. and so I'll, I'm, mm -hmm. I think I'm up to like 12 interviews now, and the impact has been like really tremendous. People are, are saying thank you. No one's ever said this stuff before. Now I feel empowered to speak out myself about the systemic problems that that are being totally overlooked, just like mm -hmm. this isolation that we that we saddle ourselves with when we're not actually reaching out to the real world. It's, uh, you know, we sometimes it doesn't seem like we're making that big of an impact, but but the chance, the, the amount of people through the social network that can actually hear what we're doing is growing, and that's super cool. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was saying earlier is like, I mean, just look at the circle here. I mean, uh, you know, Wolf earlier was telling me about how, you know, I've influenced him, he's influenced me. I remember when he started putting out Dirty Kids, man, I, I had that jealousy, like, oh, man, man, I need to get back. I even made one video, like, out of him asking me to do it. And, like, this podcast you're doing, bro, I, I'm really supportive of it, man. And the same thing, when he started doing this podcast, I was like, he hit that, that jealousy, like, man, I want to be doing that, you know? And I've got plans to do um, some work that, along the lines with this as well. And what I'm saying is we've influenced each other. There's a lot of people that we influence that maybe don't even speak up to us, but I have seen in my life a ripple effect. Thousands of people, like it's crazy to think about, but the three of us are influencing thousands of people, and so it's 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 contingent on 
on us as a responsibility to be like very clear with what the message that we're sending out is because you, you may I, not know. I'm just a street kid, man, and I've gotten 10 million views on my page so far, bro. Yeah, 10 million. Nice. Just, just hey. little old us. <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 and that's and that's just it. I mean, that's the empowerment process. We all have so. That's the main thing they they get us in our society. To, to do is have apathy on our own power. And so for somebody to say that I'm not going to stick my neck out, I'm just going to go to work and, and I'm going to just take care of myself and my family and stuff, that's saying a statement that they don't matter. And what I'm saying is I'm sorry, but I don't agree with that. I think we all matter. And, and we if all we matter. all just stepped up the plate and, and just did what was in our hearts, everyone's solution is different. You know? But if we all just stepped into the game, then we would see a much different world very quickly. Definitely. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, thank you for coming on. Okay. Uh, this is yeah, thank you, brother. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. This, wait, is, wait. this has been the V2B Podcast, episode 23. <laughs> uh, I love so you, guys. You love you, everybody. Hit that love you, Trevor. Uh, uh, I love you, too, guys. I don't love and, uh, All right. I'll, uh, I'll see you on the other side, brothers. All right. Uh, take it easy, guys. Take it on the flip side.